This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi, this is Joey Barton. I'm Jonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kewell. And you're, you're listening, listening to The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. And welcome to The Score with me, Michael Clark. Coming up on today's programme across Lisburn's 98FM and Bangor FM, we hear from two players whose sides pulled off big wins on Tuesday night as we witness more twists and turns in the title race with the top three all dropping points. Is the pressure starting to take toll on the early leaders or is it just a case that those further down the pack are finally starting to find some form of their own? In a moment, we'll hear from Cliftonville ace Connor McMiniman. Also on the show today is Coleraine's Stuart Nixon. And later on, we'll check in with Colin Hopkins to preview this weekend's fixtures, get his score predictions, and hear about the latest debate in the Championship and PIL. It's all on the way, right here on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. It is time on the programme to welcome our very first guest of the afternoon, and I'm pleased to say it's Connor McMenamin. We couldn't have got him at a better time. He's in uh, blistering hot form. Just ask Linfield. Two goals against them in the Reds' win, and a uh, 4-3 thriller it was too. Connor McMenamin, welcome back onto the score. Thanks for having me, Michael. Um, you're Mr. Popular, I would imagine, at the moment with those two goals. Yeah, yeah, you know, the phone hasn't stopped, you know, um friends, family and stuff and you know, people from other teams and stuff who have been close with. You know, they've all congratulated me on the victory. It was a great win and you know, um, it was hard fought. Um, look, we've let our supporters down, we've let you know, we haven't played well at times this year and it's just a shame that they couldn't be there, you know, to, to celebrate that with us because you know, the solitude would have been packed Olympics would have brought a good crowd and it would have been amazing, you know, but like I say, it was it was brilliant to get the three points. Um, very much needed. You know, we started the year really well. Um, Dungannon and then Crusaders scoring a 90 odd minute against us, you know, so and then to go on and back them performances up, you know, and I think that's the key thing. Um, consistency, you know, we haven't had it, so there's three games on the trap where we're starting to find a bit of form. So, no, it was, it was brilliant, it was all around, you know, and like I said, I thought Olympics were very, very good the first half, you know, and they passed the ball around well and, and probably deserved to go in winning, winning the game at half time, but it was 1 8 and, and second half, I think, then we. We come into the game and actually deserved to win at the end. You know, we were the better side in the second half. I would think your manager, given the fact that, you know, unfortunately Joe Gormley suffered an injury and he's now going to be out for a period of time, Paddy must be very pleased to see yourself on the score sheet, Ryan Curran, Michael McCrudden, because when you've got someone like Joe Gormley out with an injury, you need other players to be making sure they're chipping in with the goals. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, Joe's a massive loss. You know, it's so unfortunate for him, you know, and it, I hope he makes a speedy recovery. I've no doubt in that. You know he'll be back planning. He'll be back scoring goals in no time. But like I say, when a you know when a talisman like that he scores that many goals first get injured, and we have to spread the you know <laughs> spread the goals between us. And you know we're off to a perfect start between between the three of us. And, and you know Paddy puts us in the same team on a Thursday night. The three of us and 
you know, we're trying to link up and we're trying to work on all the training ground to try and get better, you know, better understanding of each other. So, you know, full credit for, for Paddy, you know, and believing in us and trusting us and just about to be paying his face, you know. And, uh, well, it's, it certainly seems to be uh, working so far. And, and indeed, I know Michael McCrudden will probably uh, want to tell everybody he's the top goal scorer at the club at the minute, isn't he? Joint with Ryan Curran. So uh, um, I'll just make that point for those uh, goal scorers. I think you're only one shy of them, um, just to keep everybody on my side there, Connor. But, um, you know, that, <laughs> ma- <laughs> that match, um, what was it like to play in? I could, watching it, it was... You know, as a neutral, whatever one of those is, it was just absolutely joyous. It was such fun. Yeah, to be honest, first I came in at half time, and, and and you know, I I give Limfield a lot of credit on our changing rooms. You know, I thought they knocked it around really well. You know, they changed it. They had Kirk Miller, Jordan Stewart, Naziri. You know, all dropping into pockets, getting on the ball, then came playing and Jimmy not Jimmy McGrew not you know locking it down when it broke down. And I thought you know they were very much the better team in the first half, but. They go in one one, you know, and, and we looked threatening on the break, but it was just a bit more about belief, and you know, we changed. I think, to be honest, I think the Crusaders game helped us in a way because we took the lead against Crusaders and sort of sat off and sort of invited pressure on. And at half time, credit to the boys and credit to Patty, we said, you know, let's go and attack Limfield here, and you know, if, if we're beat three one or four one, well then let's let, rather rather give it a go than you know than sit back and just let them. I think we sat off them too much in the first half. And, Given too much time in the ball and and we attacked them, you know, and we and we got the rewards. It was, it was brilliant, you know. And it, like I say, it score two. It, it was, um, it was a great feeling, you know. It's Limfield are the are the champions, are the best team in the, in the division, and to beat them is, you know, it, it can only breed confidence through, throughout the whole team. Do you think that's something you've maybe been missing at points of this season? Just a bit of confidence that you know the league table isn't where you want to be, sitting in that, um, you know, sixth place at the moment. Yeah, you know, it is. It's 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 a hectic season for everybody. You know, I just think you know, no fans being in, especially going to you know away grounds or even at home if you're not playing well, the fans can give you a lift. You know, things like that. It's it's the same for everybody. But you know, I just think the story of our season is like Jamie Mulgrew strike the other night, deflecting, going in. I just like he turned around and was just like you know that's that sums our season up. You know. Like no luck, we were on top in the game. He hits the strike; it's not going wide. It flex, you know, it takes a deflection, goes into the net. It's just like Jesus won other games. Uh, it's the same as you know the Crusaders equaliser was crossed into the box. Nobody touches it and finds its way into the net. You know, it's just you need luck too. You know, and I think when we went on that run last year, teams had chances against us and maybe just didn't take them. Or you know, when we had one or two chances, we took ours. And it's just when you're in a wee bit of bad form, you know, things don't go your way, and hopefully. Hopefully that's the turn of the screw for us now, you know, and hopefully we'll, get, you know, we'll have a bit of luck and we can go on a run. Because, you know, when you look at it, I guess, on the face of things, Cliftonville have only conceded one goal more than Linfield, who are top. It's really the goals for column where, unusually, it's been pretty low for the Reds. What what has happened? Because, uh, you know, I could run through all the names in your team and include you in that, and you, you'd be thinking, well, this team should nearly have double the amount of goals. Is It, it can't just be luck, or is it? No, no, definitely. You know, um, we've all, like I say, I think when confidence is low, you know, the net becomes a wee bit smaller, you know, things don't go your way. Um, and, and all of us under, you know, Paddy, Paddy did say to us, he said, look, you know, only us inside this change room can change it for us, you know, and we we, we worked, you know, we stay behind, we do shooting drills after training the strikers, you know, the forward players, just to get used to hitting the net again. And it was all about hard work. But like I say, we knew deep down that, that our, you know, 
everybody talks about Klimble being on the front foot and playing all, all this attacking football. And I think credit, you know, we were t- we were taking a bad look off our defenders because the defenders were defending really well and we just weren't putting the ball in the net. But I think it's just it's a population of everything. I think you know we've been naive at times with the way we wanted to set up. Um, even like I can remember going to Lauren nil nil. The game was nil nil, and I think they scored in the 92nd or 93rd minute. But we sat in, and we never, the only team that was ever going to win that game. You know, it, we, we didn't, did we believe that we could go and win it? You know, a draw would have been a great result away to learn. Don't get me wrong, they were flying. But in the game, I think we set up a bit naive, and I think, you know, and we, we, we said to ourselves, even me, like we were playing maybe 40, 50 yards away from Joe, and we weren't getting up the pitch, and we weren't really creating anything, and it was just about getting our identity back and Timbo's all about playing football and playing attacking and, and you know hopefully fingers crossed you know you score four against the champions like I say it can only breed confidence and you know hopefully that's myself and, and Mickey and all the forward and Ryan Kern that you know we can go on to score more goals but I think ultimately it's a, it's a bit of everything you know it's us on the pitch that has to put the ball in the net and it's a bit of belief as well you know within ourselves it's such an interesting aspect within football because, you know, if results aren't going well, people usually look at the manager. If results are going well, they start to look towards the players. But, um, you know, there's always an onus on the players. Look at that ridiculous goal Manchester United have conceded against Sheffield United. That The second goal, it's deflecting off Twin Zavi, where Maric, Martial, they all have chances to close the ball down. Tellez, no one's really in the right position. No one's doing their job. And it's almost like a wee bit of a switch off and, and I'm guessing similarly in Cliftonville when things aren't going your way you just always are one yard out of the right position where you need to be to react to something it just doesn't come as quickly when things are going your way yeah and and that's the thing it's that's you know it looks a lot worse than it is because like you, it could only be a yard or you might only be an inch away from putting the ball in the net or you know it might not fall for you or, or like I said the flexing could go in and remember Balamina beat us at home 4-0 and the first two goals took two mad deflection and you're 2-0 down then we conceded the penalty five minutes later and you're 3-0 down after 25 minutes two deflections and a penalty you know it's just like it's just that we think to go against you, but to prefer credit to Paddy and, and all his team, he, he's brought D in, who's our, uh, an analyst now, and, you know, we sit down and, and we watch games back and, and he brings defenders in, you know, and, he's, and we watch clips back of what we've done wrong and what we've done well, and then as a team, you know, so we we are working hard on that side of the game, and I, and I do think, you know, seeing it back is much more better than somebody just telling you here, you could have did this better, you could have did that, whereas if you're watching it on the TV and you're watching what you've done wrong, you know, it's easier to understand and, and, and it can only get us better. Hopefully what's coming across from listening to you and indeed I think you know from talking to different players over the last several months actually on this programme is the increasing professionalism within the league to have an analyst sit down, give you video detail of here's what you did, here's what we need, here's what we expect or maybe here's what the other team do. It shows you the progression within Irish League football. It's not a case of go out there and uh, kick lumps out of him. It's far from that game, isn't it? Yeah, like, especially even, like, you know, and I'm still young, but, I mean, even from when I started, you know, Tuesday and Thursday night, you know, and you just went and trained and then you played your team on a Saturday and you seen their team on a Saturday. But, like, nowadays, you know, we, we, we sit down and, and we watch the games back and we watch clips back and we know how many times we get into the final third. We know how many crosses we get in. We know how many second balls we won. They, you know, how many second balls we lost, how many headers. You know, so much detail goes into all all the clubs at the minute and it, it is a credit to, to everyone involved that it, it can only make our, 
our league better. But like I say, you know, we sat down before the Olympic game and we watched set plays on Olympic, you know, and and, and, the, and their movement and what and what they done and and their hand signals and how, you know what areas they like to attack and you know so it's long gone are the days you just show up and you just you just play. There's so much detail goes into the each game and like I say, it's it's a credit to everybody, you know, who, who can have them resources at at their favour because well, the only benefit is players. So after a good game, are you saying here you wouldn't just rewind that back again there? Because look what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> I just hopefully go in the train tonight and show my two goals, you know. <laughs> um, you know, with that as well, obviously it, it puts even more of a spotlight on you putting a, a performance in the big game, which people were watching, and it's been no secret, Connor, that you know that other clubs have been interested. As things stand, what's your position with Cliftonville? Are, are you remaining a red? Or are you not? Can, what can you tell us? Um, all I can tell you is that you know it's it's nice to be linked with all the top clubs you know in in, in the league. Um, it tells me that I'm doing something right, you know, and it, and how far I've came and you know the hard work that I'm doing is 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 paying off. You know, it's great. It's you know it's nice to read the paper and say that these clubs and Derry City and the next you know League of Ireland teams are all interested in saying you. But you know, to credit the Clinton and credit to Jared Lawler. They were honest with me as soon as the clubs were all the clubs were interested in me. They they sat down with me and had a meeting and, and you know they've been honest with me from the first of January right up to now and and you know we we have constant talks and you know like I say I'm I've eighteen months left on my contract. Um, I think Paddy put an interview or done an interview in the paper and said you know the clubs if any club wants me they're going to have to pay top dollar. So if they want me they're going to have to pay whatever Clevenbills. He is, you know, um, and like I say, I haven't really been worried about that until I get a phone call and say that, you know, a fee has been agreed or it's what Clevenbull wants, then I will remain a Clevenbull player. And you're not on the transfer list as such. You haven't, you haven't demanded out the door. No, no, I, I am not on. The, I haven't handed a transfer request, and you know, I, I, I haven't done anything like that. Like I say, I, I respect for Paddy and Jared, and you know, and what they've done for me as a club, especially you know, since Paddy's come in, he's been unbelievable for me, and I can't give him enough credit. You know, so. Even if I was to leave, you know, I would never want to leave on bad terms. You know, I wouldn't want to force force myself out, or I wouldn't want to, you know, I wouldn't want to leave on such bad terms for somebody who's done so much for me. You know, um, so like I say, performances like the other night, I knew everybody was watching. You know, I laughed with George the other day, saying that that probably put my transfer fee up a wee bit more. You know, maybe get, <laughs> maybe get him a few extra quid. You know, but. Um, you know that's a relationship I have with George. You know I have a really good relationship with him, and, and you know I, I ring him and he, he rings me, and we're honest with each other. But if if a club wants me, they're going to have to pay a fee for me. And you know when if they do pay that fee, then you know then then we'll worry about that when that comes. Yeah, well, it makes sense. Like you're you know part time footballer. If, a, if an amazing deal comes in that uh, that blows you and the club away, well then you know everyone of course would have to sit and look at it. And if it doesn't come, if it doesn't work like that, well then. Um, then we know where we stand as well. But it's great to hear that relationship you have with uh, Paddy McLaughlin. And um, I think it's quite you know, clear for me to see, at least anyway, my time around Solitude, certainly covering games. He seems to be a very popular figure there. He is, you know, and like I say, the boys love him. And, and you know, he's, he, he, has, he works hard and, you know, he travels, like I say, in, the boys know he travels up four or five times a week from Derry. You know, he, he gives it his all and, we have to give him his all back on the pitch for him. And like I say, it's not, things aren't going his way. People look at him and say his team selection or he hasn't played such and such. Or, but deep down, you know, he's working as hard as us. And, and, I, and you know, he, he will be a great manager for Clinton. And like I say, it's 
it's a it's a it's a strange year, you know. But God knows what will happen between now and the end of, end of the year. But he he is the right man for Clemble, you know. He he understands the club and you know he works hard and he's a good relationship with the players and and everybody like I say everybody loves playing for him and and wouldn't have a bad word to say about him. But I think you know ultimately when clubs go full time, you know that's. Well, I don't know what Clemble's stance will be, or I I just don't can't see how maybe the top six or someone in general will all have to go full time at some stage. You know, have to be thinking that way, especially with with all the other teams going full time. I think it's hard to compete. I know they have bigger budgets and they have you know they they have money and resources, but I think over a thirty eight game normal season, if teams are training every day and getting the best equipment and you know are are eating the right stuff and are are just in training, whereas like you know I'm. I could be working to five o'clock and grabbing a sandwich in the, in the garage on the way up to the game, you know, playing the Tuesday night. It's it's not ideal, you know, when they're, you know, maybe people are sitting, you know, sitting relaxing throughout the day and having a pre-match meal. I think it will take its toll over 38 game seasons, you know, and I think ultimately that that will pay. I think that the full-time teams will kick on. It's a really interesting sort of development over the last number of years with the league as well. And as clubs have got that investment, it puts pressure on other clubs to. To make the right decisions as well, and the worst thing would be anybody pushing for a full-time model if they couldn't sustain it. So, as exciting as it might sound, they need to make sure that they they step right because it's there's there's that whole thing that nobody likes to acknowledge in football, but money's important, and if you don't have any money, things are only going to, going to go one way, and it isn't forwards. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know. Ultimately, money talks, Michael. You know, it does. You know, and and you know, players, it's uh, players, managers. You know that. They all want the best, you know. I, I, why, why did play? Why did I want to play football? You know, I wanted to play football to be a full time footballer. You know, I've played all my life. Of course, I would like to be, you know, play full time and like to go and uh, to be my job. You know, I think that's ultimately what what we play for. You know, and what we wanted. People are at different stages of their careers. Maybe you know have better, you know, a good job and don't want to lose their job. And that's that. Everybody's in a different boat. But I, I just think you know, in general, if you can't, if you can't. Have the money to go full time as a club, then you know it's it's not an option. But I just think you know, definitely, definitely, Glentor and Lauren, Glenfield, you know, going now Crusaders, they 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 will attract better players with their full time, and 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 ultimately, you know, I think the, the big squads, you know, especially nowadays, you know, look, you look at the squads now, you have to Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. You know, if you don't have a big squad, you know, it's it's going to be tough, and I'll be stressed. Yeah, that's a it's a huge challenge, particularly as you say the the moment that we're in 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 the world at the moment. Um, players are being asked, part time players are being asked to uh, put an awful lot of uh, work in here to try and get this league finished, and it's a it's a massive challenge for everybody involved. So fair play, and and I, I know nobody wants to sort of say like, are you poor footballers? Because everyone uh, listening outside of the Premiership thinking, I wish I could play football at the moment, but it doesn't mean that it isn't. Uh, a big strain on your bodies to to be training multiple times a week, to be playing multiple times a week at you know high intensity, big stakes. Yeah, for me, to be honest, I I've been privileged to be able to play football. You know, I think you know when the league stopped and I seen certain players, you know, which was, they were you know, they were right to do, saying about the safety, you know, and, and feeling unsafe. But I honestly, you know, I'm my local friends who play amateur football are, are in our group, you know, our group WhatsApp with us boys and, and they're texting every week saying, well, oh, I can't wait for it. I'd love a game of football or, you know, I, I miss it so much. So I do, we're in a privileged position and prefer, um, I can only speak for Climble. You know, I feel that stuff that Climble's done, you know, I feel safe coming into training, you know, the protocols are all there, you know, um, 
hand sanitizers when I get tested any ground I've been to, you know, I feel safe at it, you know, so it's a credit to all all the clubs for making it happen. But like I say, I was never one for for making the game stop, so to speak. You know, I as much as it's strain on our bodies and it's a tough schedule, of course it is, but at the end of the day there's people who, you know, can't get out of the house or would love to get out of the house and, and you know, we have the privilege to go training a few nights a week to and then to play to play matches still, you know, so it is I think now that the testing's going in, it's it's a credit to everybody for making it happen. And like I say, I can't I, I can't say I, I visited a ground or been at a ground this year that that I felt unsafe at, you know. And you look at your next three games. I mean, that shows you about the slog because you've Glenavon on Saturday, then away to Corian, and then away to Glen Torin. Um, that's uh, it's mouth watering, but um, they're all big games. Pick up a few good results there, and then you're really talking about a, a turnaround in form. And that's it, you know, Paddy. Paddy, we, we sat down and Paddy talked about it. He said, look, look at our fixtures coming up here. You know, there, there's no easy games. And there is no easy games in any of the leagues. You know, like I said, everybody's tough game for their every reason. Or, and like we have Glen Avon on Saturday. It'll be another tough one. We drew them up there. Um, Paul Rain beat Lauren on Tuesday night there. You know, they, they're hitting a bit of form. They'll be fine. There is no easy games. Glen Thorne, you know, coming in. We picked up a few wins there. All all top teams, the top top players in their squads, and, and you know all great managers. And I think, like I say, you'll we'll know more. You sit, come to me next Saturday, and, and I think you'll know where how the rest of the year is going to plan out. You know, but we have to be getting to the Glen Avon on Saturday off the back of beating them. You know, with a spring in our step and looking forward to the game, and and we'll just take one game as a time, you know, at a time, and and we'll see where it takes us. It will definitely, for every team, be a fascinating watch between now and however many games we end up playing in this season, whether we go the full hog or whether it's pulled back in some fashion. But um, I tell you what, I, I doubt many bookies were successful on Tuesday, and I think that's going to be the case for many match days to come. But uh, lovely catching up with you. Thank you for coming on to the score, Connor McManaman. Yes, thanks, Michael. Thank you. Thanks very much. The Score with Michael Clark. Now we have our next guest on The Score, and he's been on the programme before. A warm welcome on his return to Stuart Nixon of Corian. Stuart, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Michael. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? Yes, all good. All good. It certainly makes life a lot easier, doesn't it, when you're on a winning streak, and Corian are definitely doing that. Back-to-back wins now for five games in the league. A little bit more like it, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, definitely. Um, considering we've known like, the four-game defeat, uh, and that error was just it was dim and gloom. To be fair, we um, we were we were getting the tight. We just thought, when's this luck going to change, or when are we going to start getting on a, a run of form of wins here? Um, and then we got the win, hard-fought win against Warren Point, and obviously we had a last-minute winner. Um, it's kind of just sparked us off in a, in a wee run but um, we just kind of just take them every game as it comes and just try and focus on the, the next uh, opponent ahead and hopefully get the three points every, every week as best we can When you were on that run of four straight defeats and you'd drawn the game before that as well so it was five without a win there was a fair amount of criticism and you can understand why you know, from outsiders looking in or from supporters even and thinking, what is happening with this Korean team? It must have not been a very fun period for you either as a player. No, it's not. And it's never nice really to go on, go on games where you're 
where you're not scoring, you're not winning, the team's not doing well, and um, and obviously the, the, the fans and stuff, um, and other fans as well. Like, um, it's just an easy easy way to, to get at the team whenever they're not winning. Um, but the team have got uh, a great a great characters within the team, um, so we knew at some stage we were going to go on some sort of uh, winning games and. Um, and at the minute, that's what we're doing. So hopefully we can just continue that. And then, you know, you get a couple of wins. And as you say, really hard fought win at Warren Point Town. You got uh, the winner in that game. Then you go to Cliftonville and win. Then there's a bit of a break. You beat Carrick Rangers. You score in that game. Then there's another break. How hard is it to try and keep the form once you start pulling results together when you're stop, start, stop, start, and that's out of your control? Um, it's... it's it- it can work for you in two ways. It can either go really good for you and, and you continue that momentum on or it could go really bad for you and um, which which has happened obviously in some clubs in the league. Um, but no, luckily enough we've we've continued our form. It's not great and it's not ideal uh, situation to be in but look, we kind of just have to have to deal with what's in front of us and just take it as it comes and hopefully we can just stick together and keep the results coming. And when it comes to you know showing that your team is in a better place, getting a win at Inver Park, especially in the way that you did, getting you know two goals, racing in the elite there against a really good Lauren team, that shows that you mean business, and and certainly any you know past fortunes or form, um, they, they haven't gone away. No, definitely not. We uh, our team always have belief, so we do. We know the the quality within the squad, and we knew that when on our day we can. We could give anybody a really, really good game, um, and then we we started like a house on fire, two goals within ten minutes, um, and we knew, we always knew Lauren were always going to have much more possession, um, and we were going to have the less. It's just what we done when we got possession, um, we made it effective, um, but we were we were actually really disappointed. You can see the goal and not keep a clean sheet because we've kept I think it was it four clean sheets on a row there, um. Which, which, like I said, the, that's the quality of the team and the mentality of the team. That yes, you're running to nil, but as soon as you can consider goal, you're like, no, we're not happy, so we're not. But um, no, we're we're happy enough for the win. And don't get me wrong, Lauren are very, very, very good team. Um, and it's always tough going down there, and you always made the work for for wherever you get. So uh, to come out with a, a three points on Tuesday was, was massive for us. What would you say has been the turning point? Was it were you just unlucky for all these weeks? Is there a particular player or a moment you can point to and say, you know, I, I think this is what has changed things? No, I, I just think it was, it was just one of them things. Like it's, it's just football. So it is. Um, I wouldn't say it was a, a particular player or anything like that. He um, probably could say it was just unfortunate, to be fair. Um, and we just had to just get through that early rough patch. Um, like I say before, with having the characters within the team, um, they were always going to come through at, at some point, um, sooner rather than later. Um, with with um, Steve McDonald, the captain, and Stevie Larry, and, and the experience of, of the background team, obviously, as well, with Winkley and Orn and, and Dougie and Trevor and stuff. Um, they've been through all this, they've played the game, and they know how to, they know how to change things around. Um, and we have so far at the minute, so we just need to. To keep that going. 
how have things been for you in terms of settling in there as well? I mean, in, in one sense, you've been there a while. In another way, football's been so broken up for everybody. So what do you feel fully better than at this point? Yeah, um, I do. I think it's fair. Um, we look back at last season, played five games in the league. Um, and that was basically my season for going in, five games, because of um, being cup tied and stuff. And then... Um, the the next competitive games was Europe, um, and then obviously now this season, and it's just it's mad to think that it's, it's almost a year since I've signed for him for Korean. Um, you can look at it and say, look, Stuart's been there, Stuart's been there a year at Korean. But when you look at it in hindsight, has have I really been there a year? If you know what I mean, with the games that's played and stuff. Um, but um, uh, I've I've been made very very welcome uh, since the first day I come in. And uh, I feel myself personally getting getting better and better um, as the weeks and months come on. So do. And you know, having been previously with Carrick Rangers to to go into Korean, play a handful of games, big pause button hit, and then when you're coming back, you're playing in massive European matches. Was that just the most surreal moment of your career? I had to actually pinch myself. <laughs> uh, to be honest with you, Michael, um, at times you're thinking to yourself like. No disrespect to Carrick, but like whenever we were in around the ball and stuff, we got air, like you're always in an air relegation battle and such, if you know what I mean. Um, and you're coming to Korea and you're up there and you're basically flipping the table and you're up there, you're challenging for titles and stuff like that. Um, and then, like you say, the pause, and then next thing you know, you're in, you're in a Slovenia playing against Maribor and beating them out there, and it's just like, and what's happening? You're playing, you're playing against Mullerell, and it's just like, what's, what is actually going on here? It's, it's almost like a dream, but um, look, it's football, and uh, I can only relish the opportunities that are ahead of me, and uh, hopefully there's more of them opportunities to come. Yeah, that's certainly something you'd be pushing for, and you look at the league table now in a, in a healthy uh, position, fourth, and you're playing against the team in second on Saturday, Crusaders. There's a chance to, to I guess, close that gap even more and, and maybe continue that climb in the, the campaign after such a, a bumpy start, so you know that that is a massive match. It is um, a massive match, to be honest with you. Um, I would say it's probably the, ma- the match of the weekend, to be honest. Um, look, Crusaders are a great side. They're strong, they're physical, and uh, they're they're well, well drilled. Um, it's never, it would never be, never be an easy game to play against Crusaders. So, um, I know what they they drew against Portadown there in season eight, but um, no doubt they'll be they'll be firing and hopefully. They'll be trying to get their, their three points on Saturday, as will we. Um, we'll be going and hopefully we continue can continue the form on that we've been in and uh, hopefully get the win, hopefully. Yeah, and I'm sure you'd love to pop up on the score sheet in that one as well if you had the opportunity uh, to do so. Those games against Crusaders, uh, people talk about the, the challenge they pose. They've had a bit of a difficult time on the road and uh, I know there's never an easy time to play them, but you... Do you as footballers, because we in the media always talk these things up and say oh, they didn't win their last game, they're, they're, they're going to come out flying against the next opponents. Do, do you think that way as a footballer or, or is that is that not really the case? No, we just take every game basically as it comes and the team that we come up against is basically the way it, the way it is. Um, we, we feel that every team in the league um, are, is strong this year. Um, it probably hasn't been like that in previous years. But I feel that on any day, you have to be in, on your on your game, or else you're going to get turned over. And um, whether that be Dunfield Crusaders, 
Lawn, whoever, or Warren Point, um, Carrick, Dingana, doesn't matter. If you're not in your game, um, we'll all get turned over. So, um, we'll be more, we'll be more than focused on Saturday on the on the, the task ahead, and hopefully we come out and uh, get the result that we want. Yeah, I think the last few times uh, the teams have met, it's been you know the odd goal that has done it, and it could well be the case again on Saturday. Obviously, with part of the return to play, Stuart, um, the IFN Niffle have made sure that testing has been introduced now. I saw loads of pictures of, of people being tested. I think it's probably the most uh, disgusting-looking pictures that ended up splashed all over social media. It probably can't have been much fun to do it either, even though you know we welcome it being in the game, obviously. Oh, definitely. I I think that was the only way the league. I think it's the only way the league will be finished is if the testing continues. I know there's a there's a four week plan in place, but I think for it to con- the league to continue on, I think the testing needs to be done throughout right till the end of the season. Um, and like you say, no, it's definitely not a nice a nice thing to be done. Um, having it stuck up your nose and stuff like that, yeah. Um, but look, yeah, if, if it's up your nose for ten seconds and you can play the game at the weekend and everybody's safe. Um, and happy days. Um, no, I, like I say, everybody just needs to just needs to keep on going and keep protecting themselves and uh, keep doing the right things. And hopefully, we can continue the season on and see how it goes. Yeah, it's it's definitely been a time when maybe some of the unsung heroes in football, as in the backroom staff, the the chairman, the board, all these sorts of people, have kind of come to the fore a bit more because of how much planning they've had to put in to to make sure you guys. RCF have to go out on a match day and, and entertain fans, even if they're watching in an online stream in their houses rather than cheering you on. Um, a, a big collective effort involved. Oh, definitely. Massively, actually. People don't see what goes on behind the scenes. Um, and they probably don't get thanked enough, to be honest with you. Like last week, um, the groundsman in Korean, the, the, the pitch was literally covered in snow. And the groundsman worked extremely hard and uh, done a, a brilliant job to get the game on. Um, and then obviously doing on and one, but if if uh, the groundsmen weren't doing that, our job, um, the game would have been played and we wouldn't have won the game. We would have missed a week, and then that would have set us back another another week. So, um, nowhere the players uh, and everyone's very grateful for what they're doing behind the scenes. Um, so we are. So, yeah. Yeah, and the, the fixture list, no matter what way you carve it up, it's going to be pretty congested by the looks of it. Uh, are you are you ready? Have you been doing extra fitness sessions, or do you need more time off when there's more games? What way, what way is better? Well, we're uh, we're in this stage only. We're six for six weeks. We're Saturday, Tuesday. Um, I think it's it's, it's mental to be fair. Um, on part time players to do that with with having their full time job during the day. Um, but look. It is what it is, and um, you kind of just have to deal with it, and you just kind of you have to do your own recovery. Um, so you do on your on the Sunday or the Monday or the Wednesday or whenever you can, basically, and just try and do as much recovery as you can, and then obviously the match on Tuesday, recover Wednesday, and then prepare again the Thursday, and then that's you for for the Saturday. Um, that can't but, be no, easy. I, it's it's definitely not. No, and um, I think it's it's crazy. It's crazy for. And uh, the part-time players, I think, um, being honest, um, considering like boys have they have their full-time jobs, maybe seven to four, or uh, or nine to five, Monday Monday to Friday, and then they're having they play uh, really intense games on a Tuesday night, and then um, go and do the go and do their job on a Wednesday, and then do the training on a Thursday, and uh, but the thing that, that I'm worried about is that if someone gets injured. 
in football. Is it going? How's it going to affect their job? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, so a, that's a bit. That's a bit I'd be worried about. There's big questions there to be looked at, and you know, it keeps coming back to it because they they talk about maybe a, you know a players' association or something like that being set up, but. Uh, mm. Everyone's so desperate, and understand why. I mean, we're all the same. We all want to see the league finished, but um, we have to be realistic too, and, and look at the impact yeah. that's having on everybody. So um, I suspect, and this is this is me putting my opinion out on the program before someone says he's just told us it's happening. Uh, but but I suspect they're going to have to curtail the league in some way because I just can't see how they're going to get 38 games. Maybe I'm totally wrong, Stuart, but it seems like a huge ask. Uh, it's it's going to be tight. With, uh... I personally as well, I don't think they'll go, go the full way, so don't. Uh, but look, if the testing keeps on coming in, and uh, and everybody keeps on coming back with results, uh, you never know what could happen. But um, we just have to take take every game that it comes, and hopefully, whenever that, or when or if the season does get curtailed, we, uh, we'll be up the league as high as possible, and hopefully finish uh, up, round, up round the European spots. Well, I'm sure Bandsiders fans listening to this will be really appreciative that even though they can't be at the showgrounds where they'd much rather be, that you're on a winning run, you're providing them entertainment and giving them something to take their minds off whatever else is going on in the world at the minute because, uh, you know, certainly I feel very lucky to be able to still go into football grounds. I'm sure you feel lucky to be still playing football, but um, it's not an ideal scenario, so fair play to you as well for for everybody, I guess, sticking at it and and trying their best in, in times when... Um, it'd be very easy to say, look, this is this is too much. Yeah, definitely. You know, you're you're totally right there. Um, it, it would be very easy for people just to say, look, no, no, I'm not having it. Um, and like I, I would have loads of friends and stuff that are playing in the cha- well, or in the championship and stuff like I am. They haven't kicked the ball in ages, like, and uh, it's killing them. So, like you say, I do I do feel very very fortunate and very lucky to be to be still playing. And uh, we just, I, like I say, I just make the most of every week because you never know what's going to happen um, week by week. And just, you just go and give your all every Saturday and hopefully, hopefully get the result and the fans that are watching enjoy it. Um, like you say, they won't be in the, they're not on the ground at the minute, but hopefully soon we never see us they can return and as much noise as possible. Yeah, tell you what, Sturdy, maybe it's um, you know the impending fatherhood around the corner for you, but you're sounding like a, a wise head these days. What's <laughs> happened? <laughs> uh, I must be me coming to Ashley in a couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> uh, I must be. Yes. I wasn't me before, did you say? But no, this is it. This is a new me, so it is. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, and there's there's the, the biggest and best result of the year in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, we, we wish you and your partner all the very best. Um, a wee girl, I believe, so uh, you'll have your hands full. Yes, early week ago. I'm looking forward to it. So it is uh, painfully, and but something positive out of this here, the McGlynn situation. So, no, can't wait. And can't wait for me to be tortured, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, well, here, we uh, we all wish you the very best um, for, for when that big day comes. And uh, since it's a wee girl, I can't ask you to call up Michael. Michelle's an option, I suppose. Michelle might be in there, I don't know. <laughs> there you go. You can uh, place your bets now. You can tweet us at the score and I. Baby name suggestions for a Stuarty. Uh, but uh, thank you very much for coming on to the programme this week and uh, have a good game on Saturday. No problem at all, Michael. Thank you for having me. Thank you. The Score with Michael Clark. Great to hear from Stuart Nixon on The Score and indeed Conor McManaman a little earlier on. 
Now we turn our attention to predictions, and as we well know, the man to keep us right when it comes to what the scores are going to be at the weekend is Colin Hopkins. Colin, welcome back onto the programme. Nice to be back, Michael. I think it was quite a good weekend last weekend, if I remember it correctly. Kind of like so. I'm glad you brought me back for more 100% correct predictions, hopefully. <laughs> are you predicting any bad weather? I think that should almost be factored into our predictions now. It's true. We didn't. We didn't predict that last week. And that caught us all out at the last minute. Also, uh, that's maybe why my predictions are so good. There's so few games to choose from, but uh, we'll, we'll take it as it comes. But no, I'm not predicting any bad weather. But week by weekend, by weekend at the moment. Yeah, Irish League football is sponsored by pitch inspections. But um, yep. fingers crossed that won't be required this time around. Unfortunately, as we now know, one game is not going ahead over the weekend. That is Linfield against Dungannon Swifts. Uh, we got a correspondence from the Northern Ireland Football League this morning announcing that the match has been postponed in line with the Northern Ireland Football League's COVID case policy. So Linfield against Dungannon not happening this weekend. The rest of the games go ahead as planned. One of those is a Friday night game tonight. That is Larn against Glen Torren. And uh, it'll be live on the BBC. And wouldn't this just, this'll be the one where there's loads of goals. I say that as someone who has twice commentated on these two teams playing each other this season and both finished nil-nil. One was the County Antrim Shield final that went to penalties. But um, after me hogging all the goalless games, I'm sure somebody else will have fun with a few goals. What do you think? Yeah, good chance of it. I mean, this is a game which very often, you know, ignites all the sparks whenever it goes on to the television, certainly from Inver Park, from that sort of viewpoint. I mean, we can think back to some fantastic games between the two sides in the, the not-too-distant future, though. They are, some of them are a bit further back than what we thought, if you remember that. Like the Pally McLean scored, the overhead, the overhead kick, which were all swooning about three. Does that, would you believe that's already back in sort of a... October 2019, I, I just couldn't believe it was that far back since that goal was actually scored. So Incredible. that was a good goal. So many good games at Inver Park. I know sort of only years, necessarily one Glen Torn get there. It's always a, a very good game. So we're looking forward to again come on Friday night in terms of that one. Yes, they had all been relatively high scoring until I picked up a microphone. <laughs> so, well, everyone will be glad to know that I'll be sitting at home and not in the stadium, so uh, that means there's bound to be goals, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> I get goals everywhere else, but apparently not when these two meet. But Lauren coming off the back of a defeat, and a defeat that would have stung them a little bit, let's be honest, and we just heard from Stuart Nixon, they raced into a brilliant leading that game, Cole Rain, and Lauren just didn't seem to be able to cope with them in that first half. Yeah, very much so. Lauren have only picked up one point from the last three now, yeah, which has been bit of a blip on what has been a very, very good season up to that. Uh, they'll certainly, you know, as you say, be disappointed last the result. I think they'll be equally disappointed as from the game from Seaview previous Saturday where they led right up to where they the last minute and considered as a bit of a shall we say a soft penalty towards the end. Um Chelsea considers to share the points so the went from that. But I've seen Tiernan and Lenses come out here in the league and he said he's not overly concerned and because obviously the quality of the players that he really expects them to bounce back and I wouldn't like be inclined to agree even to be honest there's enough experienced heads in there to realise this is sort of only a blip and they'll certainly be expected to get back to winning ways sooner rather than later, I suspect. Yeah, the Sky game was a real cracker, wasn't it? It was a great game to be honest, you know. It was, it was nice to see a lunchtime game to be honest. It was quite quite a good foretaste for the afternoon ahead. So it was quite enjoyable. Yep. Um, one to ponder perhaps for future with uh, the powers that be. I'm, I'm, I know they like to listen. So <laughs> an, an early kickoff, if it could get a bit of 
screen time, definitely a good thing. It was nice to be able to, to watch that game. Certainly uh, the way my afternoon panned out, I was due to go to Balamina. My uh, match was cancelled and uh, in the end I uh, I did the Linfield game, but I had a bit of time on my hands so I was able to uh, take in uh, the Sky game and 3-3 three, three, the full-time score in that one against Crusaders for Lauren, but I mean, what a strange game. Apparently, slide tackle goals aren't just a you know, aren't just a one-off because it happened again. Johnny McMurray this time, same fixture, reverse venue, McMurray doing the Cadell, and some controversial decisions as well as some incredible goals. Yeah, no, it's it's the Irish League for you then, but in an Irish League game, there will be controversial decisions. We're well aware of this, but but overall, I mean, I don't think I should take off the tarnish off what was early early. And then the end of a very, very exciting game. You know, well thought by both sides. And fair play to the Crusaders from coming back from Eagles down to, to get a point at the end of the day. You know, and, and it was a highly entertaining game for the neutral. Hegarty was so offside, I thought he was still in Dungannon. <laughs> very good. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but yes, it ended up being a point. And then from that point, the defeat against Coleraine. So, um, strange scenario, isn't it, for Lauren to be in where you're, you're looking at a, you know, a little run of three games where they haven't picked up a win. We're so used to them um, being, you know, nearly impossible to defeat. So pressure coming into this one, you would think. Yeah, there certainly is a bit of pressure, and obviously, well, the point is that obviously they have a lot of experienced heads in there, as Darren's said there, as I mentioned earlier. And I do think that's where experience really comes into play. People will know how to turn turn these runs around and realize that they are sort of hopefully minor. So if it goes to four or five, six games, and all of a sudden, maybe it's not such a In terms of their opposition, obviously, then, you know, at the weekend, Glen Torn, um, they'll obviously be without Jay Donnelly after. So to be made a straight card, you know, against carrying Rangers or like that. For me, anyway, there's no real reason at all. I should dive in on that, in that sort of area of the bit. So he'll be a bit of a loss, um, because he's been playing very, very well this last year. So. But the claims are still struggling a little bit. I know they got the result there, but just for their first away win of the season. With only five, five goals and five away games, three of which came at Windsor Park. You know, it's, it does seem to suggest that they are struggling for goals away from the Oval this season. So they'll certainly need to be that right if they're going to go to Windsor Park and get any form of result. Against yeah. Narnia, will be determined to bounce back. Yeah, when, I mean, you look at uh, the league table for them, Glen Torrance seventh at the moment, two games in hand over Cliftonville, three points behind them. They're three points behind Balamina as well. They played the same amount of games as the Sky Blues. So the top half of the table, very much uh, achievable in the next couple of matches if the results go in the favour of the East Belfast outfit. And this will be a real statement. You've highlighted very well how they've struggled on their travels if they were to go to Inver Park and... Um, pick up uh, any sort of result here, particularly a win, um, then people would start to look at Glen Torn and think, okay, maybe this is a season-defining moment, and if they can then build on that, who knows where they might finish? Well, that's it, certainly. I mean, it's one step at a time, trying to get into the top half initially, and then try and move into the top four, and who knows where they're pushing still think they're a long, long way at the top, anywhere near the, the top of the pace from that sort of viewpoint. But Lauren will certainly provide them with a good, a good test. They have picked up sort of decent results in the last game or two, but they haven't had any of the top opposition really maybe to come against. So you'll see it a little bit better when they take on Lauren on, on Friday night. I think it's going to be a hard game for them. Yeah, and you look at it from Lauren's perspective as well. Joint on points with Crusaders, a game in hand over them, and league leaders Linfield. Linfield of 31 points, a win for Lauren would take them a point behind the Blues. And that's the territory they're going to need to be in. They need to be there or thereabouts if they were to 
be defeated here and be four points behind Linfield with Linfield then uh, having a chance to extend that further, then it really becomes difficult when um, Lauren were top of the table only a matter of match days ago. Yep, you're 100% right. Lauren really can't afford to make any more steps at this stage in time. I know Linfield have stopped a little bit in the last few games as well, but you know, you look can't really have any more than a four-point cap. You want to be within touch and distance at all points in time, so they certainly won't want to slip up, certainly at home, you know, to, to Glen Torrin come Friday night. So it's a 7.45 kickoff. Lauren against Glen Torrin, your prediction, Colin? I think it'll be a home win. I know last year, I think uh, Lauren just about edged home. I think it was a, an injury time winner, if I remember rightly, but I do think they'll win them again Friday night. Okay, there you go, Colin's thoughts for that one. Uh, moving on to the games happening on uh, Saturday with, well, we'll go Korean Crusaders, shall we? Uh, that's definitely uh, an attractive-looking game. What are your thoughts about that one? Yeah, fourth against second. A few weeks ago, we were talking about Korean struggling near the bottom end of the table and wondering what was going wrong. Uh, obviously, you've been speaking to Stuart Nixon there today. I mean, they have all of a sudden found a really, really rich vein of form. Five consecutive wins has picked them up 15 points and all of a sudden have thrust themselves into the top four in the table. So they'll be absolutely delighted with how things are going. Uh, in terms of Crusaders, it's been a strange week for them. I mean, a week of turnarounds. I mean, obviously, as we mentioned earlier, you know, against Lauren at home, they, they came back from two goals to Null Down and also three goals to two behind to get a share of the spoils. And yet against Porter Down, they, they let the lead slip not once, but twice a little bit as it went from that side. So, in terms of Crusaders, it's been a bit down from that aspect. Uh, they've also drawn the last three games, which is not really the form you want if you're going to be really challenging in terms of the top of the table. Yes, they've moved into second, but if they had a managed to secure wins in those games, well, you know, seven times we spoke. Uh, I think it's important at this stage also just to pay tribute to Paul Eakley. I think he made his 350th appearance, I think, just recently as well, which is fantastic a feat for anybody at any one Irish league club. And he's probably the one man we always think down. Why didn't he make it over the water, if that makes sense? 172 goals in those 350 games. And no less than seven hat tricks, which is a pretty remarkable record for an individual player. So, congratulations to Paul Healy and achieving that milestone for Crusaders. He is a, a really special talent, and uh, there's no arguing that. Looking at Korean's form, uh, life a lot happier for them these days, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. As I say, it just seems that something seems to have sparked them into gear after really, really looking like they were really going to struggle this season. All of a sudden, they just find that rich vein of form, and it just seems to be one team after that. As I've said, there are five consecutive wins, 15 points. You know, all of a sudden, the, the entire season looks a lot brighter than what it did at the beginning of December. So, what's your thoughts? Who's going to win it? I think uh, Korean with home advantage and both the run they're on the road, I think they will in terms of this one, so I can see being a long journey down the road to the end of the Cliftonville against Glenavon at Solitude. Well, we have here two very erratic sides, and that's obviously reflected in terms of where they are in the league at the moment. I mean, Cliftonville currently sitting in the sixth position, Glenavon sitting in the eighth position. Cliftonville have uh, been up and down most of the season, but an absolutely brilliant win during the week against Linfield. I come from behind twice. Two goals from Conrad Mellingham, who spoke already on the show today. He's very much one of the top players in the this point time. Problem is, it's really just don't know what you're going to get a little bit. Having said that, we're averaging you know, over two goals per game of the season, so certainly going to improve, as I suspect, in this one. And I can't see that I'm maybe going to keep it too, so expect that we'll certainly able to score. In terms of the opposition, sorry, the 11, they haven't played since the 2nd of January because of the Lockdown and various postponements, etc. So they may well be going in us a little bit rigorously. So uh, it's a, a step too far for them to bring it back on the winning 
as it's obviously come so. They seem to be in busy, Glenavon. Uh, a few new signings coming in as well. So you wonder how many of those are going to jump straight into the starting eleven. Well, at the end of the day, that's, that's the trick now. You know, for a few weeks, is that a good thing or a bad thing in terms of integrating new players? And that's what I don't know, to be honest. You know, but that ultimately be down to get out of the final cause to make that starting eleven. He'll need for training and so forth. So it's very hard for us to speculate as as mere spectators. But, but it was a hard game for them. Well, you've been there before, and you and I were a match maybe last season between those two sides, and some of them quite comfortably. So it's it's always a difficult place to go to solitude again, I thought. So, especially when you haven't played in a few weeks. So it's a hard place to go to to solitude. Yeah, so with that in mind, then, what's your score prediction? I suspect uh, Cliff will win that particular one terms of the points. Okay, given the win to the home team there, we move on to uh, the last of the three o'clock games, which is Portadown against Warren Point. Yeah, first of all, before we discuss the game, just I want to pass on my own personal condolences to you know, see everybody at Portadown and the passing of club chairman, Ronnie Stinson, during the week. I've only met Ronnie a few times, but he's always came across as a very nice guy and very much Portadown at heart, to be honest. And I just want to pass on the sympathies to really everybody at the club and indeed his family circle. News of a sad passing this week. Yeah, well said. And, and obviously, I want to echo those sentiments. And really sad time for everyone at Portadown as well. When you think of Nat Richardson as well, only a month or so ago, you know, two club legends, stalwarts, who are such huge figures at Portadown. And um, to lose both of them in the last period of time is um, is just very, very sad to see. So, uh, thinking of everybody in the Portadown circle, certainly uh, I cast my mind back to the end of season dinner from not the end of last season because that sort of never felt like it happened nearly, uh, even though they were promoted. But the the season before that, when um, we had a, a big get together back when you could do that, and I hosted the, the the big celebration dinner for the end of the season, and and those two gentlemen were just such excellent company and. In conversation, you could feel how much they loved the club and how much they gave to the club. And local football was definitely better for having their involvement over the years. So, um, and certainly at this time, you, you feel these things. I think Matthew Tipton says he couldn't have wished for a better chairman. So, um, yeah. we're thinking of him and thinking of the club in general um, at this very sad time. Yes, indeed, very much so. Uh, moving on to the football side of things, if we can, and um, decent results obviously for the reports during the week of the draw against Crusaders. Um, it was good to see them fighting back not once but twice. But to take them a last last minute goal to obviously get something from the game. But I think the fact that they did fight back twice shows that there is a wee bit of grit and determination around the place, and that may well stand them in good stead. You know, as the season wears on, in terms of obviously staying out of that dreaded problem too moving forward. Well. In terms of Warren Point, their opponents at the weekend, they, have, they obviously had a positive start this season. They've now went on a bad run. I think they've lost their last three and shipped 12 goals over those three games. So that one's done very great. want to want to sort of uh, tighten up considerably. Um, I see how they have improved their backroom staff just in the last couple of days as well. We obviously the decent of Rodney Macarena going in. And I think that's a good sign. I'm really delighted to see Rodney back, back involved in the local game after obviously a high start away from Dungan obviously Corey and so it's great to see him back on board and I know that he'll he'll improve you know one possibly as a coach you know, from that sort of viewpoint. From what I understand Portadown actually were unlucky not to maybe even win against Crusaders uh, the other night they they certainly uh, appeared to play very very well and I know they 
they, they pegged him back. They're trying to say bonus scored that. It's definitely an own goal, isn't it, from Aiden Wilson? Sorry, Aiden, but um, that's what happens when you kick it into your, your net, even if you didn't mean it. And the, the ball came down and smacked off his shin guard. I think there wasn't much he could have done, but put it down. No. Don't care. They, they got the draw. But um, encouraging signs for them to be able to really take a game like that to Crusaders. Yeah, very much so. I mean, they've proved they can mix it with the big boys as it might require. Uh, it's maybe it hasn't happened too often this season. It's proved on that one occasion it can be done. So now they just have to sort of really dig in and knuckle down and let's try and put a few more points in the board so they can move away from that, that bottom sort of relegation spot at the bottom two there. What are your thoughts when it comes to this match? I mean, you look back over other meetings and, um, you know, there was a one-all draw down at Milltown back in October. But um, it's been a while since then, since they've met. You know, we're talking about games in 2016, so it, you don't really have recent history to draw on. No, there's not much history, as you said, to draw on. And draw being the appropriate word, because, hey, guess what? This is my draw of the week for you, Michael. Oh, look at that. I set them up, you <laughs> knocked them down. That's exactly right. So, no, I think this will probably... I can see a bit of a low-scoring draw, to be honest, but I uh, can't see anybody coming away with three points. And uh, at the time of us doing this, uh, we're, we're definitely good to go for the half-five game as well. I say that because I'll be at it on commentary. And uh, I've just come to learn that who knows what's going to happen in the Irish League around fixtures and weekends and weather at the moment. But um, fingers and toes crossed, I will be in the Lockshire Hotel Arena for Carrick Ballymena at half-five on Saturday evening. Uh, what way do you think this one will go? Carrick have been, apart from the game against Glentoran on Tuesday, starved of action and, and Ballymena probably feel like they're not too far behind that statement. Yeah, well, not only start of action, but start of goals as well. I think if you're a Carrick supporter, you've had very, very little to cheer about in this last uh, lot of weeks. I think there's only one goal scored by them since the beginning of December and conceded 16 along the way in that period of time. So that'll be obviously a big concern. Uh, they have added a decent addition, obviously, with Jordan Jenkins coming in from Clan Avenue. No. I've always been impressed by Jordan's energy and determination. I think he will certainly add to that Carrick major side. They really need to start putting some points on the board or things are going to drift away very, very quickly from. Looking at it, there's three games in hand over Dungan and they're only four points behind them. So, you know, in theory, Carrick Rangers might not be in as bad a position as it looks, but you're entirely right. The old thing, and I know it's a cliche, but it's always true as well. You'd rather have points on the board than be looking for them. Well, that's exactly right. As you say, the game's in hand there, and at the end of the day, you know, there's, there's no easy games when you're bottom of the league. Every game's going to be a hard one, so it's sometimes difficult to get those points on the board, even though you might have the games in hand. But I suspect both Dungan and Carrick are probably the only two, two clubs in the, the, the whole of North Iron, probably hoping that the, the, maybe the championship doesn't get going this season, and maybe protecting their primary league status for another year, because well, if you go straight down or indeed you go into a playoff, it's going to be a sort of a a tough one for either of those two sides. Dungan obviously have been in the Premier League for a long, long time, but I just can't see them digging themselves out of the bottom two at this moment in time. But as for Carrick, they need to start really getting wins on the board as soon as possible. And that's a big ask against the Ballymena team who have been doing really well. They've played 12, 20 points. Uh, they have a game in hand over the two teams above them and two games in hand over the two teams above them, if you like. So um, David yeah. Jeffrey's side could climb further yet. 
Yeah, it's a seven-game unbeaten run, if I'm right, I think, for Palomino at this moment in time, which is very, very impressive. And they've added a couple of decent signings now since the last time they played. Um, I think sort of Ben Wiley's came in, obviously, on loan from, from Celtic, and he's a, he's a decent player. And obviously, they've added a big centre-back, who I don't know much about, six foot four tall, Connor Keeley. I don't know much about the lad, but anybody of that side is always going to be a bit of, bit of a lump, a bit hard to get around. So, two good, decent signings. That's obviously confirmed that they're not prepared just to say, OK, well, we're doing OK this season. Obviously, they want to press on. And, you know, he's not sitting there laurels really push on. So, two decent signings. It's going to be a very, very hard game for a carry over the weekend. Sounds like you're leaning towards the away team. Yes, I'm sorry to say, Michael, I'm leaning towards the away team and away win. Because I think just Palomino's form at the moment will stand them in better state. Carrick struggling. I know it's a Obviously, I was going to say Taylor's Avenue, the Lockshore Arena, Robert Idle, and that'll sort of give them a bit of an advantage, but I just think Palomina have enough in the tank to go there and get all three points. Okay, now we're running tight for time, but I want to ask you this question because there's a suggestion, uh, certainly Keith Bailey was talking about it on Twitter, that um, the IFA are going to look at offering the Championship, PIL, and indeed other leagues, the chance to extend their season or permission to extend their season to the 3rd of July, which... You know, when you look at it, there's not very much time, um, even provided you start in March, for a championship season to reach the 22 games as agreed, or indeed the PIL to play their curtailed season. Um, it might need curtailed further, essentially. Do you think there's a, a goer here? I mean, uh, how, do, how does it work at this stage, and where are we? Uh, you know, what have you been told? At the moment, we haven't told an awful lot, to be honest. It'll be down to the, uh, obviously, both individual leagues. There is a league meeting scheduled. Uh, from Monday night so this week for both the Championship and the Premier Intermediate so we'll have a better idea at that stage in time what the, what the league's thinking is uh, it's going to be very very difficult I mean all clubs would need to be more or less be in agreement if they're going to have a curtail season and the only way they could curtail as I say is rather than playing the full 22 or whatever as we just playing half those games that's going to be the only maybe fair way to do it because you can't have certain teams playing more home games than others and things like that. So that's with some sort of balance in, in terms of Yes, yeah, so it would be nice to see promotion and relegation in the happen. But uh, at the same time, we don't want the Championship and the PAL getting out of kilter with the, the Premiership itself. To so it is important that we keep all those three in some sort of kilter so they can start again, hopefully next season or a long time. But we'll see how it develops over the next week or two. Okay, it's uh, definitely going to be a, an interesting conversation we have this time next week after maybe a bit more information is available after that meeting. We'll not uh, second-guess things now because we're out of time. But uh, for now, Colin, thank you for coming on to the score. Not a problem. Nice to be back. And that's us out of time. So from Colin and myself, all that remains to be said is take care and enjoy your weekend of sport. Bye-bye.